Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake Bessling, and I am here with Tim Timothy Paul Allman. <laughs> You're bound to be a pastor if it's Timothy Paul Allman. I love it. It's a joy to have you, listener, here today, wherever you find yourself. We're chatting today about the topic of equipping children, teenagers, and parents with the tools needed to live as Christians in the 21st century. Mm. Man, guys, uh, the world is vastly different from when we grew up. Maybe if you grew up 20, 30 years um, ago. I mean, I remember the days growing up in the late 80s early 90s when it was so tough you had to you had to drive all the way to blockbuster video to get a vhs tape i mean that was crazy and at the end of the movie it would read remember that be Be kind kind and rewind rewind. i mean wow how times have changed i can we can now walk up to a red machine red box and pick out a dvd it's about two bucks now Better yet, we don't even yeah, have to I've leave stopped, our houses. I've stopped. I think Redbox is losing. Go. That's crazy. Margin. Right it just now. started, yeah. but you can now just stay in the comfort of your own home. You can order food from Grubhub. You can get a list of instant gratifications on Amazon. Get them in two days, or even maybe same day of your favorite toys, mm. and then post on Instagram at the same time about how awesome you're having a hair day. It's just amazing. Your hair is both like amazing today. Thank you. Nothing to me. Wow. <laughs> it's it's wow. great you looking hair. You don't have hair. enough hair. <laughs> I don't have hair. And <laughs> you can luck. binge watch Ozark on Netflix at the same time. Our world, hmm. you know it, folks, is vastly different from when we all grew up. Uh, it is Jacob and children and Andrew. teenagers. <laughs> is that your middle name, Andrew? It is. Jacob, this is full revelation. You want authenticity, transparency. Middle names are coming out today on lead time. Annie, what is your? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, Anne so Elizabeth. Nice. Yeah, yes. It's a good one. Yeah. Children and teenagers. Sorry about that. <laughs> children and teenagers living in our world today are being born into a crazy, adaptive, ever-changing world. Today, we have Annie Tyberg. With us on our team, she is a director of Christian education at Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and School. Annie is doing such an amazing job leading various ministries to help children, teenagers, and adults get equipped with the tools that they need to live out their faith. Annie, a little background on Annie, has been serving in ministry for 13 years. Congratulations. So long. And in her line of work as a director of Christian education, mostly working with children and teens, a lot of times... Uh, the the run with a lot of our DCEs is not as long as even 13 not years. At all. 18 mm-hmm. months or so for some. So well done. Continue on serving beautifully. She went to Concordia St. Paul in Minnesota, received her degree in parish education, administration, and Lutheran doctrine, focusing on youth and family ministries. And she also has a DCE certification. Annie, <laughs> welcome to the show. Bless you on your cough, and we are pumped to have you here to learn from you today. Thanks. It's fun to be here. I'm glad to be on Lead Time. This is a fun podcast. You guys are great. I love working with you, and this is an incredible congregation, church and school, where we get to do so many cool things together. So thanks for inviting me onto this event and uh, onto your team. 
Yeah. Lead time is an event. It, it is. is. Like it. it totally it's is an, an event. event. <laughs> this is a Sunday afternoon event. We've all led in the morning, and here we are. So this we might get be a little, little slap happy. Slap happy. Exactly. <laughs> a little we're some fun. Let's stay focused. Launch into this topic. We're gonna as la- we launch into this topic. We're gonna ask you, Annie, to help yeah. us better understand the newest generation of children and teens who are in our churches, schools, and our communities. For some of our listeners, they're right there in our houses. A lot of people throw out different generational names. Can you tell us? about the latest generation? I mean, what are they called? What traits do they carry? And uh, what sets them apart? Yeah. So um, first of all, let me say that I am not an expert on Generation Z um, or iGen, as some people call them. Um, iGen. Right. It's anybody. But you did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You're you know expert. the commercial? That's so you know good. The commercial. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's so like three years ago that now. So three but years ago. <laughs> I will say that, that Generation Z typically um, widely known at this point in time is anyone born from 1996 okay. to 2015. Some say that our next generation, some are calling them alpha, um, started being born in 2013. Um, and like... Going back a little bit, I mean, all three of us are technically millennials. Yep, old. Um, old millennials, but I don't even like being called a millennial because I fully buy into the... Um, I love my physical books. I still have a paper planner. Um, yes, I still have my Google calendar because yeah, yeah. you have to, you know, in this day and age and, and with our organization, we just have to, but I still have my paper planner. Mm-hmm. I still buy into paper books. Um, I... As much as I love my, you know, my, my, uh, Kindle books, I, I love having a paper book. I actually and stopped so- with Kindle. I only do <gasps> paper now. I tried it for a bit and now I'm only, it's a strain where are your you eyes at, for one? I'm 50, 50 yeah. just cause yeah. I've moved my books many times yeah. and I'm like, it's a lot of books. There's so many books right. to move. Right. So I either need to stop moving, um, or just, uh, yeah, deal with it. But I mean, if, if we look at generations, I mean, our generation, when did we get cell phones? Gosh, I was in college. I was a sophomore in high school. I was a junior in high school. My parents wouldn't let me have one until I started driving. Yeah. And it was they like wanted to know where I was. text or something. It, yeah, crazy. it was super expensive. Yeah. Um, unlimited texting wasn't a thing. Right. You know, and so this generation, iGen or, or Gen Z, they have never known a time where they have not had access to technology. Mm-hmm. They've always had cell phones. They've always had the internet. They've always had Netflix. Um, they've always had just that, that constant barrage of connection and technology and access. Access is, is the key here that it, they have so much connection and access that they don't know what to do with it. Google. Um, Google. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that they don't know how to problem solve sometimes because I'll Google um, it. they'll Google it or they'll ask it on their Instagram or Twitter or Facebook feed. It's really not Siri. Facebook um, because they'll, they'll just ask other people, what do you think? How do you, how would you solve my problem? Mm. Right. Rather than going to trusted voices um, in a personal one-on-one conversation, um, which is how we were, at least how I was taught. Right. Yeah. And so um, this generation, I mean, there's so many genera- general generalities about this generation um, and things that like, as I said, I'm not an expert, but I know from what I know with our teenagers here um, and they're incredible kids. I, we are blessed that I get oh, to yeah. work with some phenomenal students, um, but we all have our issues. And in, in youth group right now, we spend so much time talking about um, just the personal relationships, you know, that we will let them talk about um, what happened at school that day and how, what argument did you have or how do you deal with different um, relationship disagreements? Um, How do you deal with when you don't agree with a teacher? What do you do with that? You know, and uh, stuff like that. You've told me before that they're 
painfully literal. Oh, yeah. Gen Z. So say more about being painfully literal. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, in, in the sense that they're they they don't understand um, body language or inferences um, in our language. Um, sarcasm as much as they they get some sarcasm from the TV shows that they watch, like The Office. I mean, myself included, like they, they get some sarcasm. But at the same time, they're so literal that um, sometimes they don't understand that there is a deadline. Right. That they they'll be like, oh, wait, what? Like. Does that make sense? If I'm making any sense with that. I've heard um, that Friends is coming back around too. The Office and Friends making a return. Because I think they not get that a, they're returning to the show. But no, like they, the they reruns, they them, love yeah. that because they love of the, the stuff. interaction right. of those respective characters. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that sometimes um, the TV shows that we watch, I mean, obviously they greatly affect our, our generations and they affect us. Um, and The Office being one of them is so sarcastic, <sighs> but that you can't you can't d- differentiate what's true and what's not, you know. And so, I mean, some of those characters have some incredibly socially inappropriate moments. Yeah. Like the whole show is socially inappropriate moments. Right. You could do. I'm sure sociologists have done a study on it. But when our students are so literal that they believe it to be be true, you know, or they believe that about themselves when someone says that to them in sarcasm, that's the literalness is that they don't understand. There's no buffer or filter to be able to determine, oh, wait, that's that's not a true voice speaking into my life and my identity. Their identity is largely based on how many likes they get on Instagram um, how many followers they have on social media. Um, I mean, some of our I've heard stories about how if a post doesn't get a certain amount of likes, they will delete the post. Well, I, after just, how long? A few hours. Yeah. I just recently heard some teenagers, the story of some teenagers that were on vacation. They posted a picture and they were, there was a goal. Two, yep. 200 likes was the goal for what? this particular individual. Yep. And we started talking about, as we talk on this show, just the brain and that um, just like you go and you run, you get a, a hit of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you drink a latte, you know, if you... Uh, do different things that that gives that um, that's the same thing going on there when you get the likes ah get a dopamine hit so totally. what a different generation Tim yeah absolutely so ministering in this context Annie uh-huh. over the years thirteen years now how has your children's and youth ministry strategy philosophy changed. Well, when I was a DCE and uh, an intern in 2005, um, most of my students, high school students, let alone junior high students, didn't have access, right? Yeah. Um, and now they have access. My my philosophy hasn't changed. It's always been um, to point teenagers, to do whatever it takes to point teenagers and their parents to the life-giving grace of Jesus. Um, but my strategies have absolutely changed because I think so much, um, as much as we can get super active with lots of games and keep them moving, which is actually research is showing that movement is incredibly important to this generation and the alpha generation. Um, they're in school. They're not being allowed oftentimes to move as much as they need to when their brains um, are just not developed at the point. Like, like, um, I went to a seminar this week um, with an incredible um, speaker that our PTL brought in, Katie McPherson. She's mm. a phenomenal. You got to have her on here. Um, and she said that uh, maturity in and full brain development in men is usually 28 to 30 now. Um, at the age that you're not fully developed, your brain isn't fully developed until men are 28 to 30. <laughs> Women, it's 22 to 25. And so, good job, ladies. <laughs> but it's it's crazy because then the average age of puberty is nine. <laughs> 
Okay. And so what a long haul. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so as a result, then um, we have to be encouraging our kids to move. And so as much as my kids in youth group, um, my high schoolers are are hit or miss where sometimes they want to play dodgeball or they want to play games. But the other times they just want to sit and talk because I think they are forced to live their life behind a screen and they don't get the the FaceTime and they crave it. They crave that FaceTime with people that they trust. She said FaceTime. <laughs> I mean, literally, you call it right. FaceTime, but yet it's digital. Right. And and you're you're reinvigorating and reminding us as listeners back to the face-to-face realities we need. And right. movement equals maturity as well. Right. Well, and in youth group, a lot of times what we do is we allow them to talk. And mm. um, I want them to learn and to learn body language. And we'll talk about social situations and I'll throw out some role-playing ideas there sometimes. It's it's as much Bible study as it is social development. Yeah. You know, because that's what these kids need. Um, and that's a safe place that we've created for them to, to be in their small groups. Um, I love how um, this system that I've inherited from you, Jake, that um, these kids get a small group leader um, who just pours into them, who loves them, who feeds into them, um, and who continues to walk with them in faith, um, but but also then in just the adolescent stuff of high school, high school is not easy. And it's even harder than I think when we were in high school, mm-hmm. um, because everything is bullying. If you think about it, mm-hmm. like they are being constantly bombarded with this, um, th- th- with, with, with social media that will say that, you know, your identity is all in, in your likes, but at the same time, um, if someone doesn't like you, that can be interpreted as bullying. And if anybody doesn't like your posts, there's so much going on in there that they don't know how to process it and they need adults in their lives to figure it out. Wow. What a different time we live in. And we are, we are called to be salt and light in the universe to have a spotlight on, um, the Jesus followers and getting to the nitty gritty of just simple conversations, Mm. simple interactions, value uh, to actually know someone's name or middle name and, and go deeper in their story. So thanks for leading our kids to do the same. It's emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. to be able to do basic things like have a conversation. One of my favorite phrases, Jake is don't forget what it's like not to know. Mm. And I think as adults, we can assume certain things. Mm -hmm. I've assumed certain things about my kids. And so um, empathy Mm-hmm. And compassion has to be our modus operandi, not generalizing, saying you can't, but just slowing down, moving with our kids, actually with brain development. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even stop at that point. But I get what you, you, the brain is like mature. But listener, if you're moving your body, you're getting after it. Your brain, the neurons are continuing to fire. Mm-hmm. Things are going crazy. So could you get up and move with your kids today and and talk about what we've just the reality of today, the complexity of today? So good. Amen. A big time research project came out of Fuller Research Institute about a decade ago. The findings were published under the title, maybe you've read it, Sticky Faith. What are some of the need to knows out of that research, Annie, uh, that you and our team have wrestled with and decided to draw a line in the sand to reach these generations? 
Yeah, uh, I loved Sticky Faith that came out of Fuller. It was about 10, 10 years ago or so, and their subsequent book, Growing Young. And then they have a new um, book that I actually just bought. Um, I haven't started it yet, but it's all about four parents specifically um, in the same line. I think it's called Growing Up. Um, and so Sticky Faith really brought to light the value of adults in the lives of teenagers um, and how teenagers need adults to help them process not only the information that they have access to, but the emotions, the situations, the relationships that they're bombarded with. Um, teenage brains, as we've said, are not completely developed yet. And we often as adults, I think unknowingly and innocently expect them um, to respond and react and process those situations and emotions as if they were fully formed adults, but they're just not there yet. And we forget. So, um, one of the things that Sticky Faith really promoted that I latched onto in my career and in my strategies with youth ministry um, is the five to one. So that for every one student, one high school, you know, adolescent kid, um, you have five adults over their lifespan that are feeding into them. Um, so that's why I love that we have journey groups that include kids. At my journey group, after every single time that we meet, we will pull in all the kids. They're probably outside playing or in another room playing, but we'll bring them all in and we'll pray with them hmm. so that they get some modeling of some faith. They see it with other adults besides just mom and dad. And that um, five, that's in addition to parents. In addition to parents. Absolutely. So for um, our youth ministry side of things that we have one or two of those adults built in um, through our small group leaders. Um, and that that's the point is that um, in every small group, there is one or two adult leaders that are walking with these kids in faith, pointing them to Jesus, reminding them that they're loved, helping them to feel their, their core attachment needs, that they're seen, that they're heard and that they're loved. Right. And that those three things are huge um, for, for teenagers today, because so often when they're living behind a screen, um, they feel like nobody hears them. They feel like nobody sees them. And thus that says that they're not loved. Yeah. So we talk about service a lot at Christ Greenfield and there are people in our chairs and pews that are just coming, sitting and getting, but not getting and going. And if you were to shoulder tap, we talk about shoulder tapping and I see in you the potential to shape this individual or this small group of kids. Listener, if you would just go to your youth pastor, your DCE, whoever's leading that ministry and say, I want to come alongside, give me one or two or a small group of kids. What a way to serve and change the next generation and to show up at their, you got to go where they're at. You talk about this, right? Go to their games, yep. go to their play, all that kind of stuff. And it's not just teenagers. It's kids, too. The earlier that that relationship begins, like being a that's Sunday great. school teacher mm -hmm. is huge. Mm. I mean, that that's always a struggle for us is that th there are never enough Sunday school teachers or VBS volunteers. So even though that's only a week, that makes a huge difference in the lives of these kids because they get to know someone else on this campus who is connected to Christ, who's connected to this church that they then learn um, and, and are, are pointed to Jesus through. And so, um, I mean, Sunday school teachers teachers, uh, volunteers. Uh, I have, we have a small group leaders in confirmation and in high school and all of those adults over the lifespan of these kids will continue to point them to Jesus and help them to long-term have a lifelong lasting, what they call sticky faith. I love it. If you're thinking about doing this or are you already doing it? You know it, don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. I remember Scott Roller. He was one of my small group leaders. He was really one of my five. And as a high school kid, the simple question was always the best. And every time he saw me, I'm a guy. He said, 
how are the ladies doing? <laughs> and it just related to me. It wasn't like, hey, how was Jesus in your life? You know, it started with the ladies that moved to Jesus. Um, and, it, and it really helped me through the, some tough times because then I, I had trust. There was a trust building with them yep. and I was able to share more about the ladies and Jesus. It's as simple as saying, how is your day? Exactly. How have you seen God at work today? Yeah. You know, we we put um, we, we talk about God sightings during VBS all the time. But mm. why don't we talk about God sightings all year? Right. You know, how have you seen God at work in your life this week? It's a question I ask the high schoolers almost every week um, to get them to open their eyes. And that builds that relationship. If that's just asked by someone in the courtyard to a teenager. Wow. Amen. So if you're a. a um, fam- if you're a family out there, if you're a mother or father, be thinking of your five. So take five and consider who are the five loving adults and relationships that are going on. Be intentional about them. You might have to go up to someone that your child doesn't have a relationship with, but you think it could be a good thing and invite them into that. Pray about saying, hey, would you talk to my son or daughter? Because a lot of the things that you're saying, you're going to want that other person of the five to basically say the same thing. But one day your kids will listen to them. Sometimes more than you. That's right. <laughs> so I'm experiencing that right now yes. in real time. Alex and I are... Tim, if you want me to talk to your kids... I need counseling, Jake. Come on over, man. Because I got a 12-year-old right now, and there is no shortage of emotions in my home. Yeah, it can get kind of off the charts from time to time. And so my desire would be, could I just come to church and just like drop her off? And Annie, no, you yes. just you just spend time with her. her and here's what, yeah, if you would just I like fix it. even fix out it. all of those emotional outbursts, that would just be great. So I'm being facetious, obviously. Pick her up in two hours. So, so talk about all these life-giving, generation-defining questions that you're going to ask, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave them to you. I'm going to let the professionals get it done, but that's not how the Bible talks uh, about what it means to disciple the next generation. Parents, you have an integral role. That's why the small catechism was written. It's supposed to be in the home as a tool, question and answers connected in the word. So talk a little bit, Annie, as we pivot a touch about the role of parents in their kids' lives. Yeah. Parents are absolutely critical. Um, Tim, let me ask you a question. When you are hanging out at home, Mm -hmm. how often do you put down your phone to spend time with your kids one-on-one, face-to-face? Well, this is like you just threw me under the bus. (laughs) But But in all honesty... I'd like to think that every day there's a moment... Excellent. Excellent. But I'm not a hundred percent. Yesterday I'm... I played cornhole with my daughter, you know, <laughs> that's great. On the phone. Actually, is that on the phone? That, that's not on the phone. No, that's, that's not like on the phone. The real life. No, I know what it is because I'm just no, but that <laughs> there's a phone cornhole. There probably is. Stop. <laughs> okay. It was a good question. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say though, is that cornhole with your daughter is right. amazing because even it, it eliminates the um, awkwardness of having to sit, you know, face to face and get eye time with your dad, but you're next to each other you're doing something and you can still have a caring and powerful conversation to build trust, build respect. Parents are so critical in the lives of their kid. Nothing will ever out influence the voice of the parent. But that's if the parent puts in the effort to build that trust in that relationship. And so often um, at the adolescent age, parents will say, nope, I'm going to let them do their own thing, make their own mistakes and figure it out. And parents try to be hand off at the teenager stage because teenagers will buck the system, right? They'll want that independence and, and parents don't want the fight. 
parents fight. It's worth it because your kid, the longer that and the better of a relationship that you have with your teenager or your, your young adolescent, your young adult, as they grow into maturity, as they grow into that, that life stage of adulthood, that will serve you well for years to come. Um, I, I, one of the things that Sticky Faith did that um, so many other things are actually coming out with now is the value of conversations. Um, so a local guy um, who came and did another PTL thing um, with us about a year ago, his name's Adam Brooks. Um, he created what's called Drive-A-Log. Um, and it's these cards that you can leave in your car that are questions to ask your kids. But there's so much value of doing it in the car because, again, you're not just face-to-face. You know, there's, it's not awkward. Um, you're in a car. You know, you're looking straight ahead. Sometimes you can to the side or you're looking behind you. It's just a little bit of a distraction that makes it less awkward to start some deep, awesome conversations that build trust and respect. Amen. So conversations are everything. And everything. They, there's there's hardcore stats out there about, I mean, that parents only spend like two, two minutes of meaningful conversation yeah. per day with their child. Oh if you're a leader in the church and you have any opportunity to influence confirmation, Bible studies, um, intergenerational ministry to especially get different generations, but then especially honestly, to get the parent involved in the conversation here at Christ Greenfield, we all inherited this, um, from another pastor, but it was amazing to, to see that we have parents and kids at the same table for two hours. And it might be in confirmation. It might be the most meaningful conversation of their week to tackle some big top topics and issues, because a lot of times that we've heard they're on social media, they're distracted. And uh, so let's talk about social media and apps and different things like that. It's so hard to keep up with what's new, what's hot, um, who's doing what. So social media has changed the way we do life. As we know, a lot of us uh, know Facebook, YouTube, remember MySpace? <laughs> we have Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, but we all might not know uh, that most children, adolescents, they're not on Facebook, right, nope. Annie? What are they on? Tell us the trends going on with social media and this Generation Z. There are so many apps that I don't even know them all. Oh, that's crazy. Like, I am not an expert on apps, but I know that the ones that our students use the most are is Instagram and Snapchat. Okay. Um, Twitter is still big, but Twitter is gaining uh, an audience with older adults and, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s um, because of just the political um, right. and the conversation that can happen on Twitter and, you know, things like that. Um, whereas teenagers, it's all about the picture and it's all about the likes, the image. Um, the image. Snapchat still has an appeal because um, it disappears after 15 seconds, but it doesn't. It gives you a false sense of security. Unless you screenshot it. Well, you can screenshot it. Um, it goes in the cloud. Well, and no matter what, Snapchat keeps your stuff. Keep so it. it's not um, it's not as safe as you think it is. Be careful what you put on there. Absolutely. Um, I mean, still, these kids were going to post stuff online that um, could be detrimental to their first job in 10 years. So let me – this is a new thing that I heard. Yes, I heard a new thing yes, regarding no, 21st century on, youth yeah. culture. Here we go. Is that – our kids are more often, especially in the bullying situations, using Google Docs. What? Yes. 
as a way to get no transparency. They share. You can be a part of this doc. And then the bullying that happens there as they're invited into this mm. is off off the charts. It can't obviously. And this was brand new. I mean, we're using yeah, legal docs like nobody's business. But wow. do some do I'm some not research. bullying anyone. <laughs> well, you're not bullying <laughs> me. Crazy. But I guess there's no transparency as, as far as they can tell. And you can't track it. It's a little wow. safer, yeah. less trackable. Private. private. Um, but man, the insidious Ooh. nature of of social media and even our modern day Google platforms. But think about it in the sense of how these kids need adults to help them process that. Right. How often do we not do we just fix things for our kids rather than allowing them um, to fail, you know, in a safe place, but helping them to walk through it, to navigate it. So, I mean. Uh, the, these kids, I life is so much harder than it was even 10 years ago. Yeah. You em- know, empathy. Yeah. We're going to close today uh, with our three questions. Annie, we talk about apprenticeship a lot. We don't want to be heroes. We want to be hero makers. And so what leader are you currently apprenticing right now? How's it going? What's it look like? Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of apprenticing um, three of our high school small group leaders, um, Brian Mason and Dustin are really some key leaders that are leading our student leadership team, rock team, um, and pouring into them and, and giving them some, some good, uh, relationships and, but also then some other really good leadership skills. And so those three adults, um, ranging in age from like 35 to 23 is so cool because, um, I've, I've loved watching them just with these kids, you know, pouring into their lives. And so I, I get the awesome some pleasure of walking with them and saying, all right, um, how can I mentor you as you mentor these students? Second question. What book are you currently reading right now? Readers are leaders, Annie. They are. And I currently am not reading a book, but I just bought a book as as I said earlier on the way. Um, I bought the new growing, I think it's called growing up. It's from the growing young sticky faith, um, system, not on on Kindle. I bought the physical book. I did buy it on Amazon prime. So it got delivered in 24 hours. Old school. Um, with a new school flair (laughs) of timeliness, but, um, I'm excited to read that because that'll help me to empower parents, you know, because really that that's what it's really all about. And that's really what guts my heart on fire is getting to empower parents to lead their kids in faith. Boom. Annie, thanks for sharing all this wisdom. Last question. What is your primary word of advice for young leaders? Hmm. Uh, I thought about this a lot. Don't buy into the lie that your identity is dependent upon your social media aesthetic. Ooh, I like that. Um, and the amount of likes that you get, you know, you are so much more than that. Um, and this is not just for young. I mean, yes, young. Everybody's a leader. Um, it's for all of our students that your identity is in Christ, the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who died for you and who has a purpose for you. Um, and the, the God who is bigger than all the anxieties and fears of today. Um, when you lean into who God made you um, and ignore the voices of others, truly rest in his goodness that you can do anything and he'll be glorified and he'll shine through you. Um, and that's that's the true the true blessing of life. Boom. Boom. Nailed it. Done. Truth bomb. Yeah. So good to have you with us today on Lead Time. Uh, You have brought insight and wisdom and leaders. We're going to round back to this topic over and over and over. We can't get enough of learning about the next generation and really how it's influencing us as well. 
And there are so many people that um, are experts in this. I mean, I encourage you to look up Adam Brooks on Instagram and Facebook and Katie McPherson. Parents, if you're looking for that kind of help um, for anything, I go there. They are great local people here in the Valley. Awesome. Man. Next time on Lead Time, we're going to speak with Jake and myself. We're going to have a conversation. We are. It's going to be a two-part episode on pause and Sabbath and rest silence. I just got off of a retreat where I yeah. led a number of pastors into an extended uh, season of silence and you will be blessed. So please share it. Sharing is caring. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're continuing to adapt to meet your needs. You are not a consumer, but when it comes to lead time, you can be a little bit of a consumer and let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want us to share, who you, who you want us to interview and talk to. We are overjoyed that you are learning. Today is a day the Lord has made. We ought to what, Jake? Rejoice and be glad in it. Thanks for going from consumer to contributor this week as Salt and Light. See you guys later. Peace. Bye. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.